the graduation ceremony. Graduation. Marketing uh, automation graduation ceremony. What's Email wrong? graduation well, yeah. ceremony. Okay. Well, what's wrong with going with like going beyond basic email programs or platforms? Yeah, I have to go with that one. My, my vote's with that one. <laughs> How about beyond, beyond the basics, when and why to graduate to automation platforms? Wait the mouthful. Uh, that's better. That's better than whatever. Long Winget Podcast, GooseDigital.com. Who do we have? Robin Kroll. Chris O'Neill. Evan Butler. Michael Texani. Episode 42, Cam? Yes. 40, 42. We're rolling. Okay. Welcome back. Another podcast under our belt. We are talking about when to move up from a basic email platform and into a marketing automation system. Um, probably mostly for B2Bs. Obviously, we're going to talk predominantly about B2Bs. A um, little different set of issues if you're marketing heavily to consumers. So we'll just kind of keep it to, to uh, B2B audiences for now. So we want to start off with, um, um, well, why, why do we, like, maybe we'll just start with why we wanted to address this and then we'll go into uh, the next section. Kev? Well, I think, so there's, there's a variety of things here. I think the, the principal sort of lead off mention is that email is certainly not dead, not even close. In fact, email continues to be, and I think we can all agree already is, um, the most dominant communication channel within B2B um, available today. I think in light of COVID and what's happened with in-person networking events, et cetera, email has only become more critical to actual communications, be it with your prospect base, your customer base, and even partners. And I think the idea around trying to A, automate some of the processes and efforts around that's critical and um, how that stitches together other sort of marketing touches, which I know we'll talk about a bit later. So I know some people say, well, I'm over email and you see organizations coming out with the new inbox and things like that. But the reality is email is the principal way in which we communicate with audiences and I think that's got to be the bedrock or foundation of a marketing program. So why don't we talk a little bit about the, the first area around importance of email and, you know, what is it that makes your email kind of special, I guess, when you think about that. I mean, to your point, it's been kicking around for a long time, but when you really sit back and what you can put into an email and how you can leverage it, um, certainly with a, with a more advanced platform like a marketing automation system, um, how, how is it different than the other mediums that you might consume through like, uh, like, you know, text notifications, those types of things. Robin, do you want to kick that piece off? Sure. I mean, I, if I think about where email started so many years ago and where it is today, I mean, right now, you know, an email can be so personalized and targeted to the individual that instead of just getting a, a random message, 
you know, think of a, a subject line that will have your name or your company name in there. Um, uh, you know, content that will have a, a value proposition that actually is tailored to um, the recipient. Um, and not just the value, the, uh, the messaging, but, you know, the, the, the creative as well. So there's so much power in that email um, to actually resonate with the end, uh, the, you know, the, the recipient. And, and, and that's really a, a huge differentiator between, you know, text where it's a lot more limited what you can say um, or even in, in social. So I, I think that's really the, the biggest power of, of email. Yeah, if I could build on that, I think that's that's right on the money, Rob. And I do think the medium is still really powerful. I think we all have shorter attention spans and busier agendas in general. So we're not talking about writing essays within emails. However, I do think the, the, the general format of email outweighs things like text or ads because you do have, I don't know, a few hundred characters of space to tell a story, say a compelling message. And I think that's still really, really valuable when you um, characterize personal type messages or things in the emails. And the other thing, Robin, that I thought you were going to, to say, and maybe you left it for me, is this idea of segmenting <laughs> an audience too. So not only just personalizing with names and companies and whatever other attributes you track, but this idea of being able to segment an audience to really get a message that um, is of value to the audience in there in this kind of, you know, two to 400 character format, which is really what emails turned into, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe that's a little sort of the, the, the precursor to that, um, you know, the, the messaging and, and the creative that resonates with the audience is, is that ability to, to segment so that you are in the end able to deliver that, that personalized message. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the idea of the, the mix of the words and the images, which is really powerful. Um, we know people have really limited um, attention span. So another beauty with email is being able to use images to deliver a, a message or a value proposition that an individual can take in in just a couple of seconds and have that ability to, to resonate again a, a unique characteristic to email. I think going the the, the other thing we, we taught with this is this is about B2B but the thing that's interesting about the, the what what people expect from email now has really been driven from the, the sort of the B2C market. So people mm -hmm. do, it's no longer good enough to kind of have that, that non-personal kind of or non-segmented kind of message going out to your audience. Um, the ability that, um, that, that, or at least the expectation of the audience is now more based on what they've been seeing from their, uh, you know, from their emails that have, you know, come from the retailers that they, that they visit. And it's very personal and it's very contextual. And that's where, you know, the expectation is just there now. It's not, it's, it's just the, 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 the bar has been raised. And if you're in B2B, you need to be able to, to send out those personalized messages. And it's awfully, it's awfully intensive and expensive to do that on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So without this sort of the technology to support that personalized message, it's a, it's a very expensive proposition. So email is still, I mean, a, a core, you know, a core tactic, like you said, you know, kind of a bedrock. I mean, it seems like we would be beyond email at this point and we'd be into something else. But I think for all the things that you guys brought up, um, 
And then on top of that, you know, the interactivity that you can have with, with email, you know, being able to click on an individual section of the email and, and, and then of course, leveraging those as we could talk about the benefits of being able to track what people are doing um, and where their interest is, is just sort of, sort of totally different than, like you said, social media or text. And, you know, I think there was a period of time where everybody was like, ah, email, we're not going to use it. But it, it actually, when you really take a step back and say what, you know, the best emails that are out there, they're pretty, they're pretty sophisticated. I mean, they have all these elements and the brand and the creative and the message tightness. And then you layer in all the personalization and, and data-driven elements that you can now do in email. And, you know, it's no surprise that it's driving, still drives the most revenue and, um, and the most engagement when done right. So I think that's important because we're not, yes, there's a text piece that needs to be orchestrated. Yes. There's these other elements that, have to come into your automation strategy and how you orchestrate all that throughout. If you, yeah, just, just to add in there, because I, I like yeah. where you're going is, if you look at marketing mediums um, and you sort of tier them by greatest impact, uh, email really is where it begins. And what I mean is you have a lot of different mediums, whether it's social media platforms, whether it's even texting, calling, but only really one of those um, channels or mediums actually impacts both like a phone as well as a computer screen and that's email mm -hmm. everything else is probably one screen oriented so text is usually phone most people aren't texting by their computer most people you could say are using Twitter or LinkedIn on phones and and like a desktop laptop except that's a secondary channel right because we're not really living our lives professionally by LinkedIn for the most part but we are living our lives like really focused on both email and phone or sorry both uh mobile and computer with email and i think that's why to me it's the dominant channel of communication there's a mm -hmm. lot more noise because everyone else realizes this but i think the ability to do levels of interaction are the highest they've ever been with email because of that yeah and i, and I think that the you know the value of your audience to you kind of that whole proposition even gets more and more important around, around how you deploy your email strategy. So because that's the really in B2B, yeah. that known audience element of knowing these names, whether it's for prospecting or your customers, um, that is the main touch point. So the ability to execute that well and have the right type of reporting around it, you know, just amplifies as you think of what's the value of this to our business. If you're blasting from a lead gen, it might be different. It might be a little bit different, although I think you can do it a lot better with the marketing automation. Um, but most brands and most organizations that want to be perceived as trustworthy and, and uh, worthwhile to take a conversation with, you're going to want to have a lot of that element uh, that we talked about in your prospecting strategy if you use it for email in addition to um, your current customers. So yeah, I think email is just like we all agree, it's largely the backbone of these programs for B2B and it's still extremely important. And then um, let's talk about why you would move beyond a more simplistic system. You know, when you would move beyond a, a more basic email platform in terms of your marketing program. So who wants to take that one first? Oh, I can jump right in if you'd like. 
Um, one of the one of the things I'm really passionate about with marketing automation is I think when people hear that term, they think of a the old school batch and blast type email with like the HTML and the branding and the click here at the bottom. And sure, you can do that. And yeah, that probably still does have a place in virtually all marketing programs. But that's sort of pigeonholing marketing automation into only one thing. When we talk about marketing automation and the difference between a more advanced system like marketing automation versus say like a more basic email marketing platform, it, it really comes down to flexibility to do a lot of other things, whether it's text-based emails or process automation going on in the background, things like lead scoring and providing insights into actual decision-making. Like I think a lot of that gets swept under the rug, but is really important, if not more important than the actual email interface itself, the ability to branch off and create triggers or if this, then that type business rules. So I think to me, you would identify those kinds of needs as a reason to uh, push up from a basic ESP or email service platform into a marketing automation system because of all the things it can do. And to be clear, it's not going to make your life easier. And like we always joke, you can be at the golf course by one because you've invested in marketing automation. What it's gonna do though is allow you to do a lot more in the same amount of time. And that's really where marketers have to be focused on as they own more and more of the lead to revenue uh, bag, if you will. I so, think there's, oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say that the, the email batch and blast uh, call to action, like, you know, the, the sort of what we were doing like 10 years ago to kind of get someone to do something. And that was basically it. That, that was great. Like that was great back then. You know, you, you see a lot of email programs that kind of have the same, you know, I'm, 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 I'm targeted all the time by, by this kind of activity. And, and they're, they're really not sort of engaging in a more sophisticated way. They're not basically trying to pull me into a conversation. It's just like, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. So with a marketing automation platform that has more, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, context and has more ability to kind of uh, be audience specific and, and, and sort of measuring the audience engagement and then has that sort of uh, uh, sort of handover to sales. All of these sort of capabilities, which is sort of driven from a sales plus marketing kind of framework, gives you that ability to continue to kind of further, you know, bring your audience in. So to me, it's the difference between having a prospect and having an audience. When you have a prospect, it's like, you know, will you buy it? Yes or no. Will you buy it? Yes or no. Whereas an audience is like something that you can build a relationship with. You know, you've got that combination of, of uh, capabilities that sort of, you know, create more depth. I like that analogy with the prospect and the audience, Chris. And, and I think, of, you know, very yeah. often I'm asked, you know, what is the difference between you know, a, a basic email platform and a marketing automation platform. And so I, I when I'm asked that question, I said, well, well think of, uh, you know, recent emails that you've received. Um, is that message something that you think anybody could have received? Does, does it, is there anything personalized to you? Whether it's, you know, your, your company name, your name, was it a message that would resonate with you? Was it a product that actually has any kind of value to your business or do you think everybody got that same message as opposed to saying, oh, 
this was a message, you know, this is actually uh, a type of technology that, that we actually use in our business or we're interested in, or it has my company name, or there was options to learn more information. That to me is just on a, from, from an, a recipient's uh, perspective, that's one way of looking at, at the difference. And then if you look what's in the, the background, there's everything you do to build that really targeted, relevant uh, email communication that is unique to a marketing automation platform. And I know we're gonna talk about this in a couple minutes, but then everything from the monitoring perspective um, to understand how, when, where somebody engages with any aspect of that email message. So it's a big difference between those two. Yeah, and you know, my sort of like final thought on this part before we talk about um, actionable insights and sort of the results of having a more sophisticated system is when I keep thinking about this and I, I'm trying to round out my thoughts, but when, when COVID hit and basically effectively eliminated events, the in-person events from marketing programs, I think it caused for a lot of pause amongst marketers and even sales leaders to say, where will our leads come and how do we properly facilitate the processes of uh, a sales cycle without getting to be in person? And so very quickly after that came all the, this is where to invest your money. It's more keywords. It's trying out more platforms. And the thing that I like, I like that. I like the idea of testing new things. And hey, the world is very different uh, 120 days later here in July than it was, you know, at the beginning of the year. But the one thing that strikes me is no one talked about, I'm going to use some of this new budget, new time, new resources, bandwidth to actually go and further solidify or, I don't know, put effort into improving our email marketing foundation, whether that's databases and contact lists, whether it's, I don't know, more recent lead scoring, updated processes and lead nurture drips. Like no one said any of that. And I just think, sure, test some new platforms and channels, but that if we all agree email marketing is the foundation or the bedrock of a sort of an entire marketing program, then why wouldn't we put at least some level of reinvestment back into that to support that? Anyway, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> why that's the case. I just, I've noted that very few marketers have talked about that. I just think that's an important element that's probably been missing the last few months from marketing over, oversight overall. We've been trying to protect their budgets, just trying to hold on. Uh, yeah, it's been a tough, uh, it's been a tough stretch for marketers, I think. Um, yeah, but know, I think, you know, what we, you know, it's not, it's not um, uncommon for us to see marketing automation solutions that haven't gone, haven't delivered on the promise. Yep. Um, yep. And I think it's still re relatively young. I mean, I think in terms of CRM, it's, it's more mature and there's a lot more roles and, and specific focus around CRM to ensure that um, it delivers on the, on the promise for the organization and not, our, not all organizations, you know, take it to that, um, degree of importance, but as a, as a category, it's certainly one that is much more uh, uh, mature now in terms of um, investing in it. And we're starting to see that now on the map side. And we know that data underpins it all, and we're going to go a little bit to that, that piece. Um, and I think it's part of the rush. I mean, how many times have we seen people rush from an email platform into a marketing automation platform only to do all the same things in the marketing automation platform that they were doing in the email platform in the sense that not leveraging those, those more advanced functions or, 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 uh, or feature sets because they lack strategy and they have a, a hard time getting there. They're under budgets. They don't have the time, et cetera. 
So I think when and, 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 you know, understanding the best time to sort of make that change, really, we've talked about a lot of different things here, has to do with um, you know, all those elements that we discussed, plus learning or, or knowing that you are going to have an audience that is known to your business. And I think more than anything, that sales plus marketing component that, that you guys touched on. The moment you sort of get into that, I think that the, the traditional email platforms really break down. I mean, some of the traditional email platforms are starting to add better, you know, personalization elements. I think, have you hit on being able to do that at scale, you know, being able to do that in a way that doesn't just take so much time when you're in these more basic systems that sure, maybe you could get an email out that has segmentation and personalization and some elements, but wow, is it ever going to be four or five or six times, whatever the number is, the amount of work to do it in a platform that's built for that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But really when you start to get into sales and marketing alignment and using the insights, that's really, I think where you're like, well, we need a marketing automation platform because it just stretches across all of our, all of our programs and it arms our sales team with the information that they need to be better, to be more efficient and to be able to have relevant conversations. So that kind of leads us into the third point. You know, what are these benefits? We kind of hit on a few just now, but if we really look at, maybe we can start with like growth benefits and then we can look at efficiencies. Why don't we start with the growth benefits? You want to start there, Chris, since you're, you know, yeah. for us really at the front lines of, of leading the growth. So, so, uh, so B2B growth basically means deciding from a sales and marketing perspective, where is it that your growth is going to come from? And so typically in B2B, you don't have just one audience. Typically you would have a few. I mean, maybe you just have one and that would be, that would be awesome. And maybe, you know, unrealistic to sort of think that like your whole, um, you know, revenue growth opportunity is going to become coming from one sort of um, identifiable sort of persona, but typically there's a few. Okay. So typically there's a few different personas. So the first thing to sort of establish, and this is where that sort of strategic sort of element comes in is where are those, where are those, uh, you know, prospects? Maybe some of them are in my existing database. Maybe they are, you know, they, they can be uh, attracted through various sort of means of reach outs, et cetera. But that would be sort of the first thing is, is, is that, that element. So being able to use the marketing automation platform, to a continue to kind of nurture that those those individual sort of segments is something that obviously you you need that that ability to um, you know to be able to function at that level. So that is is sort of uh, you know number one. Then you need obviously the the collateral support from marketing to be able to continue to sort of grow those relationships. You might sort of establish a. And, and, you know, doing an automated drip to a particular segment of your target audience, something that marketing automation uh, platform enables you to do quite easily. Um, and that's where that sort of ability to, to go across different segments of your, of your uh, targeted audience is going gonna, is gonna to help you to, to sort of do that efficiently. Without that automation piece, when you've got strictly that, that email capability, you don't have the ability to sort of 
um, measure the, uh, you know, the, the, the number of times that they're visiting the website, the number of times that they're opening those emails, those insights and those timelines that give you the opportunity to have, you know, at, at the proper point, lead scoring, the ability to reach out at an appropriate time with a message that can, can, that's uh, contextual, you know, obviously you've been interacting with our, our material, that just sort of gives the sales rep the opportunity to, to discuss in, in very you know, specific means what it is that, that the person has been you know, evidently interested in. And that conversation is a lot easier and you've got a lot more sort of ability to sort of you know, um, you know, continue that conversation or sort of establish when that, uh, then when that opportunity could, uh, could close. Yeah. I was actually curious to hear what Robin was going to say here. <laughs> Cause you, you can, you can see me thinking. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, you know, Chris sort of started off the conversation with your multiple different personas and how, how, you know, they, they engage with your email. So, so what I was sort of building in my head is that um, even if you have two or three different personas and you've got, um, you know, you're, you're, you've got a couple different messages out to them and you, they're going to engage with you uh, differently at different points. They're going to digest your content uh, in a different way from a different level, different times. Um, and if you think of this from a matrix and you say, well, you know, how do I, how do I go ahead and deliver all those different types of messages uh, to uh, to those different personas, track how they're engaging, go ahead and set up different um, you know drip campaigns and reminders and follow-ups that has to be slightly different for each persona and di each different type of message. Well, that's the kind of thing with, you can't do that with a basic email platform, right? That becomes really complex and that's, another huge benefit with the marketing automation platform that can go ahead and manage that whole complexity so that you are identifying that best opportunity to continue that engagement and you're tracking all of that so you're learning so both um, you know the, the the platform is learning and, and uh, um, triggering messages based on those results but the sales organization the business organization is also learning how those different personas are engaging with the content and and that's just there's just so much value with being able to, to track and act on that so I, yeah that's I just where think i was that, thinking Kev. yeah yeah and just like to your point like it would be really complex to do that in the less advanced system i just think really what that means is it wouldn't get done if it's not easy straightforward or doable like at a broad level, then it just won't get done. And therefore a lot of that value you just mentioned just won't surface as new marketing and sales teams. And I think to me, it's even things like automating the sort of the engagement, the, those like what we call sales enablement or salesperson alerts to say, you have a lead or a prospect, a customer or whatever, who seems to be uh, performing an activity that the organization finds interesting, insightful, valuable, the ability to automate that and just tell the sales team, the specific sales rep, is so key and critical. Then they can act immediately. It's all in real time. If a sales team is relying on a marketer just going in and looking every day at 2 p.m. to see who's done something interesting recently, it's just a recipe for, in all likelihood, never getting done at all, or B, 
having trailing information that's no longer relevant by the time the salesperson actually gets said info. And so yeah. it's just not a scalable way to market as a sales and marketing function combined in 2020 and beyond. And you're thinking from the actionable insight, right? So just following on that sort of that train of thought about, you know, uh, you know, the salesperson being alerted that, hey, you know, someone's uh, taken this action, they've digested a piece of content, they visited the website. Um, beyond just saying, hey, this person is engaged, it's being able to say, this, per this person or business has engaged, but they've engaged with this type of content. This is what, this is what they're actually interested in. So instead of that salesperson reaching out and saying, hey, I, I think maybe you're ready to talk. It's more like, actually, I think you might be interested in X, Y, Z. Would you like to talk about that a little bit more? And that's a huge difference. Far better conversation, just absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a contextualized, it's a relevant conversation. Yeah, and and I think if especially if the purchase itself is more of a, I don't I don't know that it matters all the time, but I think certainly in a considered purchase or something that is a, you know, not not a straightforward you know, 1999 kind of thing that I'm, that I'm going to sign up for or buy. If it's, we're talking about B2Bs are likely, there's a bit more involved, whether it's considered to switch a vendor or um, I have to get approval, even if it's $500, you know, I need to now get approval for this purchase. Uh, or of course, if it's a license and it's 10,000 a year, you know, all those things are not a straightforward, like you said, Chris, Oh, prospect, yes or no? So not really a yes or no. It's, it sort of goes way beyond um, that for 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 a lot of a lot of people to you know to to get comfortable with that type of thing. I don't know that that's unique to B two B. I would almost say if it's more of a considered purchase where there's a journey and um, yeah. Yeah. You know, something more than just you know a yes or no answer. And there's lots of yes or no answers out there, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, and even still, in, the, in that case, it probably is valuable to have that backhauled within your marketing automation system because you can just do what, what you said, all the benefits of scalability and, and insights come from that. So yeah, I think that hits on all the elements that we had noted down for you know, the importance of email and, and that it's here um, for a while yet. And I, you know, we didn't talk about how difficult it is to send email in 2020. I think that maybe is another podcast because I think that's a whole nother thing that organizations are struggling with and we help a lot with and you know we've talked about. But when, when and, uh, and why to sort of bring in a map and the benefits of, of having one in place. So any, anything else people wanna throw on the table? Otherwise, I think that's, that's a good wrap. I'm good. All right. Good stuff, so, guys. Great, so go get a map. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.